Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Go with Julio podcast. I'm a tech marketer turned leadership coach on a mission to educate, inspire, and empower you to unlock your best, most authentic self as a leader. If you're ready to confront the hard things getting in the way of your success in a way that's real and honest and loving, then you're in the right place because you can and you will. Let's go. I got a phone call today from an old friend, my very first boyfriend, Colin Bedell. He's built a real business for himself as a spiritual thinker, as an astrologer, and he happened to be in town and he hit me up and as he'll explain in the episode, there's something astrologically really special about the two of us coming together, Gemini Sagittarius. So we did it. He came over and we got on the mics and we had a conversation and we get into what it means to believe in something greater than yourself i.e. spirituality and astrology. We're going to talk about following your bliss. We're going to talk about pride and the power of collective assembly and bringing people together. Knowing yourself versus getting over yourself and what we need right now for people to move out of awareness and into action. It's a beautiful discussion. It's an individual who will always have a special place in my heart. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. His name is Colin Bedell, and he goes by Mr. Queer Cosmos. Hey, baby. Hi, Julio. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For the record, folks, we dated for quite a while, actually. Yes, On and off for years. So we're actually ex-boyfriends. Yes. I'll I'll tell on us. Yes, we're ex-boyfriends. We're (laughs) ex-boyfriends. All right? So I don't know where this is going to go. I got the pictures to prove it. Yeah, me too. You're not the only one. So watch it. Anyway. Well, look, the reason why I wanted you to be here is because I believe it's important for people to believe in something bigger than themselves. And I think that you have built a career around that. So tell me what is significant about today. Why was it so... This is nuts, girlies. Yeah, tell us. Right now, we are recording this on Saturday, June 3rd. June 3rd. At 8.24 p.m. in New York, New York. All right? Up a west. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that means it's Gemini season. So the sun entered Gemini on May 21st, and it's going to stay there until June 21st. Okay? So Gemini season. I am a Gemini, and today is the full moon in Sagittarius. Mm. Julio is a Sagittarius. Yes, I am. Today is the only moment when the sun and the moon, even in polar opposite signs, right? Because Sagittarius and Gemini are polar opposites, Mm. form a beautiful equilibrium and balance. We only have the full moon when the sun and the moon are in opposite signs. And that's that beautiful illumination we see in the sky is when the universe has achieved equilibrium. So we are achieving equilibrium. The sun is in mine sign. The moon is in yours. So I just think that's beautiful. And, and yeah. our axis, because there are six pairs of opposites in astrology, we're the, the pair of wisdom, of communication, of exploration, curiosity, mm. discovery. And so there's only one per year. Wow. And we're doing it today. And we're doing it today. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What guided you to queer cosmos? To queer means to question. And to sort of be like, wait a minute, are you sure you know query, right? That's the root word of queer. And I feel like the vast majority of my life, I have queered both Mm. spirituality and asking, are you sure about this? And the same (laughs) thing, you know, with academics. Like, no, don't tell me that we can't 
discuss faith, mystery, and awe. I was always too woo for the academic crowd and a little yeah. too evidence-based for the woo crowd. Oh. So that's where Queer Cosmos comes from, wow, is beautiful. to queer these ideas and integrate them rather than alternate them. It's not yeah. spirit or science. Yeah. It's spirituality and science. Spirituality is very interesting because I mm -hmm. feel like you've had this energy about you, this spiritual energy about you for a, a while now that I've known you, I feel. Mm. And I feel like I was very hesitant about spirituality mm. for a very long time. Mm. And I have now come to realize the importance of cultivating a relationship with that which is greater than ourselves, that there's an energy field and we're all vibration and that there's mm -hmm. something else going on here. That's right. And it took me a minute to get to that. So I'd love to know what was the moment for you when you realized spirituality was essential to you in your life. When we started dating in 2006, I was asking you about your astrology. Yes. I distinctly remember going on astrology.com, reading Sagittarius, and you were like, I don't believe this shit. I'm an NYU yeah. student. I'm too small for this. <laughs> I was like, bitch, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's but anyway. Right. No, so I think honestly, right. and you can attest to this, I've always had a curiosity in metaphysical mm. ideas, spirituality, but especially astrology. Astrology was sort of my entry point, and that's what I do for a living. I write the weekly horoscopes for Cosmo. I've mm. had three astrology books published. Uh, I was on a, a television show about the astrology of dating. And so I've just been curious about how Dr. Martin Luther King defined spirituality as the inescapable network of mutuality. And I've always been curious about that network. And I think the Zodiac is one of many symbols that contextualizes that. Oh, beautiful. Meaning what Sagittarius does affects the rest of the other 11. What the other 11 do affects Sagittarius. And that's a consciousness that is radical because mm. it could transform the world if we really understood mm. that we don't have the luxury of pretending we're separate from other people, mm. that we are deeply connected. So how do we rise to the occasions within ourselves and then be the space for other people to really express the best of their spirituality or their astrology? Mm. And so I think it, I knew astrology was for me because it worked. You know, and mm. that's the interesting quality of any sort of spiritual lens is that mm. it provided results in my experience that worked for me. So I mm. was convinced, right? The thing about spirituality is we could talk about belief all day, but experience is a whole nother thing. Mm. People claim to believe in a loving God and how's that working out in their experience? Mm. Do they yeah. live a loving life? Mm. Sometimes not. Astrology helped me make sense of who I am and make sense of other people and actually cultivate really beautiful relationships and yeah. I was really moved by that and then I was really impressed by how whatever I learned and then shared with other people I could see it land on them and I'm like wow mm. look at what yeah the aha said. moment oh my god the All aha the moment so yeah. I was just really moved by its accuracy its results in my lived experience and just the way that other people seemed really curious about What's this astrological lens on the intersection between cognition, emotion, and behavior? Mm. And then we would, we would dialogue about it. You know, cognitive behavioral therapists have their lenses. We all have mm. our, our Myers-Briggs. You know, there's all these different sort of lenses yeah. to examine the intersection between cognition and emotion behavior. Yeah. And it just so happened that astrology became mine. And you remember, I loved yeah. these conversations of spirituality and personality. There were, we didn't think of careers no. back in 2003 or no. four about becoming an astrologer and working on the internet. It no. wasn't even available. Yeah. So I had no, I had no idea. 
Yeah. You so, were way ahead of it too. You and you were fu- you were I always remember by the way I used to like make fun of you all the time. Oh, oh and it's this oh is on the record. God. I used to make fun of him. I was like what is this shit you're talking about? It's a little woo woo. Like, oh, no yeah. one understands it. This is so <laughs> weird. I was so in my head. I was like intellectualizing okay. everything. And now I've come to realize like we have to think with our hearts just as much as our heads, you know? Like it's yeah. a it's it's not all in the head. No. It's well, we have to live head. from the heart and feel with the heart. We have to live from the heart yeah. and lead yeah. from the heart. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I've been doing this for almost six years, and I'm going to be really yeah. honest with Holy you. Holy cow. I have not lost the off wow. I really haven't. Wow. I'm, I am stunned almost Okay, this is actually, this is interesting <clears> because a lot of people can look at somebody and think, oh, wow, you have so many followers. You have a, dis- you have a Discovery Plus show. Like, you, you must be, this must have come so easy to you, but... But it hasn't. No. You've been at this for a very long time. And who but you can confirm that because yeah. we met when I was 14 years old. Yeah, you've been at this for a very <laughs> consistency over time. Yeah. Well, and also, too, what might have helped me and this could be related to something else. But like, as you remember, you know, I had no ambition. I was just doing this because I loved it because I was so engaged in a conversation yes. that could potentially help me and and other people. It created a level of history and experience with this system astrology that i don't think i would have if Mm. i had the intention or ambition of doing this professionally to be really honest with you wow yeah that's big because i i I didn't i'm not so what's the lesson in that for someone who's listening well it's the joseph campbell idea follow your bliss yeah, Open you didn't up. go in with the intention of, I'm going to build this business and here's how I'm going to do this. Like, I knew clearly that mm. there was such a thing as a professional astrologer. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah. But like, I didn't. I remember even, the Astro Twins. You were yeah, hanging out with the Astro and, Twins. And they're now my girls. They were. I was just texting yes. them today. Stop it. Yeah, so I remember other astrologers, that. folks, who I absolutely yes. love. Sagittarius. So when was the moment that you knew, okay, this is a this is real. Like, this is a business. I can I can do this full time and really make a living out of it. Well, probably a year and a half in. It took about 18 months. But it also, I became an astrologer out of necessity. I was fired from my last job. And it was only two weeks after Julio, I sort of posted my website, which was originally just going to be, oh, I'll talk about astrology, right? A kind of creative hobby. Wow. And then two weeks later, I was fired from my job. Wow. And so it was this intersection of like, well... I'm receiving some unemployment from the great state of New Jersey. Mm. Let me see if I could possibly do this work and engage in it really consecutively. So that was, I got fired wow. on my mother's birthday, June 22nd. A month later, Crazy. my best friend died. Wow. And that was an awareness and a real baptism by fire that nothing could mm. have trained me for. So there was nothing like realizing that time and living is not a renewable resource. Yeah. So you better yeah. really live while you have yeah. the time and the energy. Cause I watched yeah. one of the brightest wow. people of life. I'm not just saying that cause she's no longer physically alive, wow. just out. And then a month after she died, Cosmo contacted me and asked if I could write the right. weekly horoscopes. I remember that. So it was only two months, but then again, you know, I, I couldn't live off of that, you know, mm. cause it's one column. So it mm. was faith. It was one step at a time. It was 18 months in and mm. then when I was kind of driving the car for that long and I didn't drive it off the road, then I said, okay, I can do this. And then prior to that, I was in, as I'm sure you were and others who were listening, professional environments that did not 
actually reinforce my strengths where I felt ineffective. Mm. And then I would get this feedback loop of being lazy and unambitious. Mm. And I know for damn sure, at least now, that that wasn't true. So the first year and a half of my career, I had to prove to myself that I wasn't who other people thought I was. Yes, I had no self-trust in that yet. It was such a pressure cooker of grief, of necessity, of I'm not fucking around, of I really want to do this, and I will stop at nothing to make this happen because I I saw it as I had no choice. Yeah, and I think that's the key part. I will stop at nothing to make this happen. Yeah, I really, I am relentless. I think that's what sets people... Conviction. Yes. And it's a force multiplier. And this is what I love about astrology. Once we turn towards the chart, and understand who it asks us to be, Mm. we will always be supplied with the means of our chart's accomplishment. So knowing my astrology, I could interpret and anticipate what behaviors it would have wanted from me. And I did them. And then all these right time, right place moments would occur. And it's the same thing of like, you know, a bird doesn't struggle to fly and find the sky. A fish does not struggle Mm. to swim and find the ocean. We come... I would suggest supplied with a proposal and it's our astrology. Yeah. And when we turn towards that proposal, just like nature supports the bird flying at full wingspan, oh, it's beautiful. our life supports the fullest actualization yeah. of our astrology. You're a Sagittarius. So let me tell you something about you. Since yeah, the moment me. I fucking met you, you've been running your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, I have. Girlfriend. Say it, yes, I have. Saying the shit. <laughs> That nobody was ready for, okay? And that's big, sad energy. But guess what? Yeah. You achieved a level of personal success because yes. you were you were expressing your chart. You would challenge me every corner, and it was fucking <laughs> annoying. But you know what? Damn. It helped me realize, wow, so I wasn't yeah. authentic. I was lying when I shouldn't have. I was people-pleasing. Why can't mm. I say no? And it, that's Sagittarius. That's, yes. no, that's no one else's responsibility but yours. When you have astrology or you lean on it for, you know, behavior and and goal management, whatever, it can tell you, hey, this is who your chart wants you to be. And as you do it, don't be shocked if your life self-organizes and self-corrects itself Mm. to provide you with the circumstances, situations, events, and relationships Mm. that serve your highest good. Yeah. Wow. Because a, a fish doesn't appear in the sky. A yeah. bird does not no, appear you're in right. the ocean. You're right. That this hits. Is... I, I was talking with, a, I love the, the animal analogy, the bird and the sky and the fish and the water, because I was talking with a coach, a, a coach friend, a colleague mm-hmm. of mine today. And there's this impression that I'm like burning the late midnight oil going, 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 going to all the time with, with the way the business is growing. And I had to clarify for him, that's not actually what's happening. What's happening is that I feel like I'm in a state of flow and I'm spending a lot of time paying attention to what is calling my attention. And I am, I am, I am getting still enough to feel that and then to move in that direction. Even when it means saying no to things, especially when it means saying no to other things. And like this, this very clear focus on like, no, 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 that's not, I'm not doing that. My heart is not being called to that. My heart is being called to this. I have three goals. One is get in the best shape of my life, Mm. my, my objectives for the year, best shape of my life, physically and mentally serve my clients powerfully and claim my voice and everything that I'm doing is laddering up to one of those three things. And if, if it doesn't ladder up into one of those, I'm not doing it. And that's my focus. And some people were like, wow, like it actually is a signal to the other person that I have my stuff together. 
Yeah, because I'm and not that just going to say exactly. you're a possibility model for them. Yes, as you were for me, and as you were for a lot of people. Yeah. I wouldn't have went to thank college you. if it wasn't for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll say that on the record. Yeah, <sighs> what? I, yeah, tell me about that. Tell though. me about. I guess me. I did. Put, tell me. About you know what? Me, I, I was just thinking. No, no, no. Seriously, no, no, no. Though, <laughs> I was thinking about what you were just saying, and I was also talking to my mom earlier about this, and she said you were the policeman. You were the enforcer of the truth. Is the yes, word she used? Like yes. you wanted to. You needed to know the truth. I yeah, have to tell sag. you. That's Sag. <laughs> okay. And I was just saying this to my Sag besties, right? Because I have too many. Ugh. Oh, hey, girls. That, hey, girlies. That, you know, Sagittarius is the only zodiac sign that comes with a weapon. The bow and arrow. Shut the hell up. So is they're that just, true? They got the pointed arrow right between the eyeballs. <laughs> like, bitch, are you keeping it 100 or not? Oh, my God. And I would always be that like, so yes, cute. I am. And you're like, no, you're not. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, there was this like, yo, straighten up and fly wow. right. Straighten the fuck up and fly right. Wow, right? that is so true. So there is. And that's why Sag is very confronting. Okay, but here's what's interesting. And I'm curious to get your perspective because that get it right I have that in my head, doing that for myself all yeah, the time. Good. And, and yes, but I also, it's a balance sometimes because sometimes that energy can push me to go, 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 go versus yeah. relax. So it's this toggling between. Well, then, there, but if we look at your astrology as an example, yeah. you are majoring in challenging yourself and others, but minoring in nurturing yourself and others. There are zodiac signs that are heavy on the nurture, not so much on the challenge. You're heavy. On the challenge interesting so okay. <laughs> yes yeah. you're right like you're gonna have to yeah, give yourself push myself yeah and again if i take the stance and this is why i love my consultations and readings i take the stance that if you were sitting you know in front of me with your natal chart which you aren't but i pretty much have it committed to memory at yeah, this point. yeah he knows baby that's right and you were like, oh, my God, like, should I not be doing this? It's like a bird telling me, like, I really shouldn't be flying, right? I should be swimming. Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. bitch. This is what your astrology <clears throat> inspires you to do and who you want to yeah. be. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because even one thing I admire about you so much is your you just your unwavering commitment and audacity to just be fully you on camera, off camera, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I, I look at my old pictures of myself. My mom's been giving me a bunch of old photos we have. Aww. And I'm I'm like making faces and I have all this energy when I was younger and all these pictures, like this ballsy, big energy. But I don't always see myself that way, which is so interesting. Like I put that sweet little picture of you talking on the phone. Yeah. He's got this cute it's little cute. like inner child picture back like there. That. You know, somewhere that reminds you that you have this kind of creative, yeah. playful energetic yeah. yeah because Julio you've always been that way and and everybody has you know a kind of inner child template because you didn't lose that child it's still he's still very much there yeah. it's just a matter of like yeah. kind of bringing it forth yeah and what's interesting is I feel like I, I it was stripped away in tech jobs mm. the the intensity mm. of the pressure of the needing to fit a certain profile mm -hmm. and the intensity and the stress of the work was mm. such that it stripped a lot of the playfulness out, of and I'm I'm yeah. I'm now reintroducing myself and reclaiming that part of me. That's why the third goal is claim my voice, find right. my voice. It's to it's to brush that part of me off, dust it off, and to bring it back to life in a world that so desperately needs my energy. Yeah, oh, yeah. all of our energies, our collective percent. energies. Yeah. It, yeah. it it yeah. needs us now more than ever to be our best selves and to put ourselves yes. out there. Yes, yes, and you know, recognizing that. Most of us have a story like yours where yeah. 
we, you know, kind of found ourselves and lost ourselves through uniformity, mm. through accommodating, through people pleasing, through a bunch of different, you know, unholy initiations. And yeah. now it's like a matter of putting some sort of visual reminder or putting it into practice that helps us step into not just our inner child, but then the genius of the adult too. So yeah, that, yeah. that that's the work we're all doing. That's the hero's journey we're all doing. And, yeah. and I think the more we to interrogate more of Joseph Campbell's idea, you know, follow the bliss, then the universe does open all the doors we never knew imagined. He's an incredible educator. And what he said uh, is that the more he followed his bliss and he like got yeah. emotional. And every time I think about it, I get emotional too. Wow. But he was saying that, a thousand invisible helping hands are always available. We are so much more supported than we realize. Yeah. And I think that's through spirituality. I think that's, there is some sort of energy, some sort of world either behind this one or holding this one up or imposed on it. And we can't always see just like if I'm watching channel two, it doesn't mean that channels one and two and four and eight aren't yeah. playing. I just can't see them, but they're yeah. here. Yeah. There is an energy that's here that's supporting us. But if we don't ask for it, if we don't plug into it, it can't because it would violate our free will. So how do we make a deliberate step mm. towards acknowledging that energy, having it provide itself within us, and then guiding us mm. to a life of unbelievable self-actualization? Why do you think there's a lack of spirituality today? I don't think there is. You don't think there is? No. Okay. No, no, Say no. Say more. No, I don't think there is. I think that... And this is the work of Mitch Horowitz, who is a historian on uh, mysticism in the United States, that whenever we are in a, in a, a stage of collective trauma and collective mm. upheaval and collective conflict, mm. you can always track an increased consumption on spiritual literature and metaphysical mm. services. Mm. So in times of you know, a, a global pandemic, wars, you can immediately then notice that other people are leaning towards pathways of spirituality. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, yeah. you know, a critical mass is being reached. Yeah. And I think we all live spiritual lives, even if we're not aware of it, because let's, let's unpack it. Right. Yeah. So spirituality, we can think of as the path of the heart. We can think of spirituality as what do you do to see that inescapable network of mutuality, that inextricable connection. My brother finds mm. it through music. Your right. mother finds it through personal development and yeah. Christianity and other yeah. things, right? Yeah. We all have different lenses. I don't think the world <laughs> is struggling with spirituality. I think the world is struggling with the skill building to apply spirituality. Ooh. What does that look like? What that looks like is when somebody triggers a wound from the past, mm -hmm. you do not go into reactivity. Mm. You do not get defensive. You do not get in the victim stance yeah. you let the whew, the kind of first consciousness arise yeah. and then you choose stepping into a, a, a sort of wise adult stance yeah that's yes. what that looks like and again that's very simple things like yeah. breathing three times taking a pause if you need it you know some kind of cardiovascular movement prayer or meditation yeah. and then returning to that space and that situation with a different lens with a different interpretation where you can communicate and engage in ways that offer you both protection and mm. connection. Yeah, that's a huge unlock that between the stimulus and the response is a gap. Right? Okay, Victor Frankel. And that's Victor Frankel. That's There's right. A gap. That's and right. inside that gap, you can inject consciousness and you choose to decide. Like that was a big unlock for me. Yeah. Big unlock for me. And, and choosing to choose. 
Yeah, and not being the victim of a pattern or the victim of an automatic response. And listen, we have a lot of compassion and empathy for that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Though if we're in this this conversation, we nurture and we empathize, but we challenge and we skill build too. And it's a matter of holding, you know, a, a, a stance of empathy and acknowledging that, you know, mm. you have this pain from the past and we're sorry that a person kind of put this in your hands, but mm. it's the challenging to remember that that was then, this is now, you're a child then, you're an adult now. Yeah. Do you want to act like a wise adult or do you want to revert back to child behaviors and then experience mm. the powerlessness of being a child? Or mm. do you want to experience the power of being an adult? We're in this really interesting rubber meets the road moment of like, okay, the era of data collection is over. We have the awareness, now enact it. One of the reflections I have leaving corporate America, becoming a coach, doing the inner work, becoming more conscious, making a daily practice of some kind of spiritual practice. I have realized the power and the grace and the energy that comes from that. And it's just interesting to me that it's something that just doesn't manifest itself in corporate spaces. And you, you probably know more about that than I do, but I do feel like there are a lot of corporate spaces that maybe pay a lot of lip service to mindfulness training, empathy work, you know, the kind of social and emotional skills which are very spiritual in nature. Maybe they just use different language. But I also think that's an interesting point. We're all living spiritual lives, whether we're aware of it or not, right? So maybe in corporate America, there is an element of social and emotional connection that we just can't see and it's not very visible because Mm. we think spirituality needs to look this way. What does it mean to live a spiritual life? I think it means to live a peaceful, loving, gentle, merciful, generous Mm. life. And I also think it's not work that you can do by yourself. I think it's something you can only do with others. I think that to be living a spiritual life is applied interpersonally because that's that's the real crucible. That's the mm. real laboratory of yeah. whether or not you know this material yes. is human relationships. Wow. Oh, 100%. That. Yeah, that's why Ram Dass that. said, oh, you think you're so enlightened? Go spend a week with your parents. You know what? That is so true. And all these bitches were like, yeah, so I just yeah. did this ayahuasca retreat and I yeah. cut off my toxic parents. <laughs> oh, did you, Becky? Did you? Listen, tell me anyway. about that, actually. That's interesting, though. Tell Look me about me that. Look at me not being spiritual, being a judgmental little No, twat. but there's something interesting about this that, that, has, that is coming up a lot more, which is intellectually we know something or we read something. Oh, yeah, or we, that's... we go down to Tulum and, oh, yeah. and we think we're going to do mm-hmm. venti ayahuasca, as Scott Galloway venti likes to say. Ayahuasca. You know, you know, have a vent. Goodbye. They come home and right. the world is solved. Right. It's like uh, it doesn't work that way. No, 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 no. no. So no. what do you do when you're in this situation, when you find yourself getting triggered? Um, I punch and, someone. Okay. No. <laughs> because like, obviously we, we try, we try and aspire to it. It's mm-hmm. imperfect. Mm-hmm. We don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. So when you find yourself, you know, like, oh shit, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. What, what do you do in those moments? Well, I think that's the work. It's, it's, it's just recognizing it's happening as yeah. opposed to feeling unconscious about these automatic responses, right? Mm. So I'll realize I'm hooked by something. I'm feeling emotionally flammable. Mm. Everyone has a match. Emotionally uh, flammable. Yeah. <laughs> and then I say to myself and God, as I understand it, you know, higher power universe, whatever, I'm willing to see this differently. How Reinterpret this situation, this behavior, this person with a more loving and gentle perception, help me stay protected and connected and not revert to the patterns of the past. So I go into reflection, prayer, and then silent listening, and I act Yeah, I think we do live in an era of like incredibly toxic individualism. 
It's all about me, all about mine. I'm just here to get what I want and learn myself and yeah. self-help, self-care, self-forget everyone me, else. me, I, I, I. Yeah. And there are, of course, appropriate times and places for really concentrated efforts and time for personal insight. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I'm in the business of personal development and human behavior. Yeah. So I am usually talking to other people about who their child wants them to be. But I don't think the spiritual mountaintop is me loving myself. I think it's me knowing who I am to get over myself, to realize that I actually have more in common with other people mm. than I realize. So does everybody else. And that, you know, we live in a kind of relationships as biospheres mentality. You know Mm. what I mean? Where it's like, we live in an ecosystem. And so me knowing myself is necessary, but it's not sufficient. Mm. What's sufficient is getting over who I am and what I stand for and having very little objection to other people's differences. And And just accepting them as they are. I think meeting them where they're at. Meeting them where they're at. Yeah, because acceptance is funny. I just think meet people where they're at and bid them to go higher. I think meet them there. Get curious about their stories, you know, empathize. Listen and believe them. Yes, but then also challenge. And also challenge. And, 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 right? Nurture and challenge. Meet them where they're at, bid them to go higher. Yeah. Know thyself versus get Get over over yourself. Get over thyself. Yeah. I love the phrase know thyself. That's from a, that's a, is that a biblical thing? That's from some Greek philosopher, right? Uh, What do you call it? Uh, (laughs) Epictetus, right? Oh my God. That's Epicurious 249. Epicurious, he said. (laughs) Epicurious Jones. I think Aristotle said that. Yeah, know thyself versus get over thyself. I'm thinking about pride a lot. It's pride month. And what wisdom can you give to people who are struggling right now with all of the negative energies surrounding oh, I know. the the LGBTQ the plus community. Laws, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over 600 now at this point. Anti-LGBTQ plus bills are on the docket. That is very true. And I don't want to leapfrog over that or yeah. invalidate that. But what I'm also noticing is how in vogue it's become to almost dismiss the power of collective assembly. What I mean by that is I understand that pride has largely been sort of besieged by corporate Corporate, pinkwashing and all of that. And also to like, what are we really even celebrating? There's a lot, it's a complicated experience, but what I think is that we've overly simplified it to the point where it's like, now we don't even want to be associated with it. Yeah. What I would invite anybody who's listening, who identifies with the community is to find a place for collective connection. It doesn't have to be pride, but you cannot overestimate the power of gathering with others. And, and what uh, a French sociologist, Emile Durkheim, called the collective assembly. We've all felt it at a concert. Yeah. We've all felt it yeah. on a dance floor in New yeah. York City on a Friday night when yeah. Britney Spears or Lady Gaga or Beyonce came on. Yeah. Where you lost yourself because you were connected to something bigger than yourself and with others. That's what pride is to me. And if we don't have those spaces, yeah. if we don't gather with, with others, how are we going to then have something to fight for and a, a foundation to get involved with local to national politics yeah. and, and engage with other activists? If we don't have collective assembly, I mean, and thinking about it around the history of the AIDS crisis and gay men, so many of uh, the organizations like Gay Men's Health Crisis, ACT UP, they all formed because of like beach houses on Fire yeah, Island. community. 
Yeah. Yeah, Largely, the basement of the center. Yeah, there we you go. You know, the and ACT UP meetings in the hello, basement of the center. Through collectivity. Yeah. And yet they represented not all of the, you know, the gay male population, sure, sure. 100%. But I would tell them, like, this is all true and we will always have to push that back. But don't forget that you need to have moments of collective assembly, collective joy. Yeah. And reach out and lose yourself in a crowd of others. Or however you can. I don't know yeah. what that looks like, but I've been really meditating on that. And I'm sure some of the best prides for you were that. And, and isn't that spirituality, yeah, right? That totally. inescapable network of mutuality. Yeah, and there was something so special about being in service of a larger, broader oh community. Yes. You know, being able to organize pride and see hundreds of people oh in the group walking, Ugh. you know, thousands Ugh. of groups marching down Fifth Avenue. Right. And then it gave you a level of, of sustainable energy to probably go into greater activism or tell yes. the truth, hold other people accountable because you had something to fight for. You had something to advocate for. It's yes. become, yes, I, I almost think we've, we've gone heavy on the, uh, on the protecting ourselves and the violation and the challenging and not enough on the liberation, on the connection, on the relationality. Mm. We need both. What I want my work to be yeah. is the dance floor for folks so that Joyous. they can leave so many of the external challenges temporarily behind. Oh, I love that. Because you need both. And that's that's what th the dance floor was in the 70s, right? We we can't overlook just how you know violent mm. and oppressive the 1970s were in the United States. And I think that's mm. why disco skyrocketed because people were like, if we do not dance and let loose, yeah. we're going to lose our minds. They needed a way to... They needed collective assembly. Yeah, collective and assembly. that's what, to me, the disco energy is. Yeah. And of just like relationality and i'm sure on your friday nights dancing out with your girls they then said oh you're stressed about this yeah. well let me connect you to this person and then you yeah. meet people you find out who has your back like i feel like so many movement spaces have lost that like do we forget that there's social and social justice yeah or are we just about the justice and listen i'm all about challenging motherfuckers and telling them yeah. know your research <laughs> what are you talking about reframe yes. your you know r research a little bit more yeah. but i feel like we've really kind of lost sight of the socialization and the collective assembly yeah and you know that is more important than ever before in a post-covid world and Hello. also i just read um dr vivek murphy the surgeon general's about loneliness. loneliness i mean holy cow i'm highlighting half of this thing thinking of just how real and this has been going on well before the pandemic the pandemic just accelerated, uh, it. accelerated it yes and you know i gotta be honest sometimes i even feel little bits of that i'm like at home i'm like do i really want to go to stonewall for a drink or do i want to stay at home and watch some netflix and chill right loneliness is lethal loneliness yeah, is, lethal. It is lethal it poses greater risk to our health than excessive alcohol consumption there's yeah. always cognitive and cardiovascular decline like this yes. is not a game and so if we are not socializing and learning how and finding those spaces and kind of doing that work i understand we have social anxiety i understand we're all dysregulated i understand yeah. that all that is there but effort makes ease put in the fucking effort mm. and you will see different results and then yeah. you will also have a greater stature and spine to tell these people who are spouting ridiculous homophobia, transphobia, and turf ideology, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we need both. Yeah, for so sure. Anyway. For sure. And I love Alok when he talks about the trauma underlying all this, that people are going after certain parts of the community as a function of not having processed their own pain. And so oh. it's easier to project it onto someone else yes. and to inflict pain on others than to feel oh, it and process it ourselves. 
And that's that's even, really what's happening. That's what's all happening. This. Yeah, because trans folks, gender nonconforming folks, they disrupt the binary. They constantly yeah. confront people yeah. with the transcendence of either or, and in in a space of freedom. And yeah, yeah. and so that's why they need our protection and our and our, our, our p- political protection as well. Yeah, and also how do we make sure that we see an establishment of like just a greater community where you know almost everyone's invited. Yeah, and one thing I think a lot about, and I'm curious to get your take, Mr. Long Island Boy. Okay. Which is how do you <laughs> hold, how do you have grace for someone who, you know, politically is different on a different spectrum, a Republican, someone who votes for Trump? I sometimes get concerned that the liberals or the Democrats or, or the queer community will just move into anger and project energy from a place of anger yeah. and versus, hang on, like this is... I almost feel hesitant to throw name. Like I don't bash anybody anymore. No. I used to do that. I no longer use that language because it's energetically, it's going to come back to me one, but two, I feel like I want to have compassion for these people because this is their lived experience. And I feel like I need to somehow create some kind of understanding that if I'm negative to them and I go yeah. after them, we continue to dehumanize and push us into yeah. the other category. I don't know. What do you think? Well, and the center cannot hold. So the more we polarize, then we're just going to create the very conditions that we are trying to set ourselves free from. Yeah. So, and there's a way to, I think, hold other people accountable, but like you're saying, you know, affirm and affirm what they're saying. And I think you can empathize without agreement. Yes. I think that's where we get very confused. So what we do here is we get better at reflective listening, empathize and understand without agreement. And we can respectfully say, Thank you for sharing that. I still believe that X, Y, and Z, and according to my research, and like mm-hmm. learn how to debate, learn how to discourse. But that also requires a tremendous amount of nervous system regulation. <laughs> I don't look, we already have to take a deep breath. That requires a tremendous amount of inner work. But you know, you're either about the connection and, and the depolarizing, or frankly, you're not. And that's almost a polarized statement, but it's yeah. like, and then really thinking about like, what's your intention? Do you want to punish people? Yeah. Do you want to just, you know, shame them and belittle them? Then, okay, like go ahead and do that, yeah. but do so at your own peril. Cause I don't want to do that. And frankly, I think, you know, Long Island is such a case study. Like it is one of those weird places it where is. it's like very moderate, actually. Yeah. It's one of the few <laughs> yeah. remaining moderate American strongholds, mm. I would even argue. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and this is you could see this in so many sociological research, like the likelihood of you living next to somebody on your left and your right who voted for the same political party as you now is enormous. Right. So yeah. we have self-sorted. We yeah. live in geographic little echo yes. chambers. Yes, we but do. But Long Island's not really like mm, that. Like it's, it's still mixed. close enough to the city, but it does have its conservative Republican mm. leaning. So then what? Right. And so I just never want to be a person there that gives more folks a reason to think that left leaning people, queer people are out to get them. Uh, believe stereotypical values about heterosexuality, around whiteness, around manhood, Mm -hmm. all of that. And I just want the movement to be about love and justice. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I will take a stand for. And that's my, that's my song. That doesn't have to be everybody's, Yeah. but that's the way that I'm going to do it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, no, we're not going to end. Okay. We're not. We're not done. Seriously, this (laughs) fucking man. Okay. He inspired me to get a higher education. Wow. Would really challenge me to tell the truth faster and learn what the truth is. He was easily 
My First Love. Mm. Okay. And I think one of the reasons why I haven't really ever called a, f- a lot of people boyfriend after Julio was because he set the standard so high. Even though we were mm. fucking 16 and 18 and dumb as dirt. Okay. <laughs> Sharp as a pair of marbles, the two of us together. Yeah. All right. I think that being loved by you and mm. loving you put me in a completely different path that it, 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 I always think of that quote by Oscar Wilde, the punishment for the lovers is they see the dawn before the rest of the world. That's always how I felt about you. I saw the the dawn before other people, but at least I saw it. Mm. So I knew it was possible. Wow. I knew what it felt like. I knew how it's <laughs> supposed to feel. Oh. So if I was with others that just didn't have that frequency, I'd be like, nope. Wow. Yeah. So that's where we're mm. going to end. And thank I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for all the ways that you challenged me, but then also affirmed me. Mm. And I'm so proud of you for having the courage and the audacity to make a U-turn mm. in your life and just not go with foolish consistency. And, thank and, you. And you're living a life of greater integrity and meaning because you're keeping it all the way real with yourself. Like you yeah. told me how to do when you were 18. Wow. Thank and you. And you're doing it now. Thank you. And I, I appreciate that's very kind of you to say, and I appreciate you sharing that because, um, all the while I have looked at you and your ability to just follow that, which is true for you. So fearlessly. Yeah. And so it's, it's cool. It's cool that we're here having this conversation and, and that, you know, how much we've grown. The past is over. The present is now. We could support each other and affirm one another and have a really actually meaningful friendship. Yes. Human connection now more than ever is, is so important. It's the way home. It's the way home. And yeah. we have been graced with gifts to help connect the world. Oh. I like that. And that's where we end. And that's where we end. That does it for this episode. Thank you for being here with us. As always, we want to hear from you. So shoot us some DMs. Let's go with Julio.com slash podcast. If you want to shoot us a question, if you want to come on the episode and be coached by me, let me know. I'm going to keep shining my light bright so that people like you can do the same. I'm glad you're here. Let's go, baby.